Hey, welcome to Game Devs Quest, your once weekly podcast where you follow two scrubs uh, in their journey towards um, actual game dev status, or as I like to call it, baller, baller status. status. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, uh, I'm one of your hosts. I'm Rhett. I'm your co-host, <laughs> Taylor. <laughs> I gotta stick to that title. I saw it coming from a mile away. Yeah, probably more than one mile. Because you're at Silverton, and I'm in New Jersey. Jesus, dad yes. joke. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Uh, um, well, it's been a strange week. Uh, we've been uh, kind of busy in different ways. I know Taylor put in a lot of work uh, this week, uh, which I'm super thankful for. I ended up um, just getting swamped with uh, my day jobs and all that sort of stuff. Um, pulled a couple long days. But I'm here now, ready to get some stuff done. Yeah, we want to let's talk about our challenges real quick, and then we can just jump in and talk about our week. Yeah, for sure. Um, how'd you do? Your challenge was do at least one pixel daily and post it to Twitter. And I did. You did, and you yesterday. Like, you dissed on it so hard. Dude, it was so bad. It like I look bad. at it now, and I just I want to hurt myself a little bit. Dude, I looked at it. The like, well, first off, I thought you when you when we were talking about it, you acted like you weren't gonna show me until I completed my challenge, <laughs> and I didn't. So I didn't think I was gonna see it until like last night or something. But well, you started scaring me by not creating an Instagram account. I kept checking and seeing if you'd created one. And I was like, well, I don't want to fail my challenge like just because he failed his. Uh, yeah, but no, dude, you posted it. It was uh, the motorcycle um, Pixel Daily yesterday, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, you posted it and you're like, this is trash, but here it is. And I was like, dang, dude, like this is good. You did like a whole background you could tell it's like a motorcycle, got some shading and stuff going on. I thought it was good. Yeah, I wasn't going to do the background. I was originally just going to post it on white, but then I got done and was like, eh, maybe I can add something just to like show I cared. And like adding the sky and the ground, like I think made it pop a little bit more. So I just added some gradient to the sky and then some like different colored specks of dirt on the ground. And Yeah, man. And, uh, I thought it looked good. And and I think you're right, like adding the background. I think more people probably like get caught their attention because of that, you know. Yeah. But yeah, it was fun. I it only took me a short time. I uh, had kind of forgotten about it and I got like really bummed out like when I saw the theme was motorbike and I was like, I don't want to do this. Dude, I thought the same exact thing. Like I this this week I didn't really do pixel dailies. I was I was on my lunch break working on the iceberg stuff um, for our game jam that we didn't complete. Um, but I was still kind of like looking at the categories every day, and I saw that one yesterday, and I was like, I was actually co- considering doing one, and I was like, eh, I think I'll just do that iceberg. <laughs> but anyways, 
Well, congratulations on completing uh, your weekly challenge. I know you have a, a really, <laughs> really high success rate. <laughs> so I'm proud of you for getting it done. But I can't say much because you like harped on me hardcore this week to get mine done. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I was just like, dude, you have the easiest fucking challenge like we've ever had. <laughs> like, just do it. <laughs> I know. Well, so I was going to do it like multiple times. But the Wi-Fi that I have at work is public Wi-Fi. Um, and I was kind of like, well, I don't really want to, like, create an account and, like, set up my username and password and stuff on, like, an unprotected network. So Don't you have a VPN on your phone? Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I do have a VPN on my phone, but I don't know. It was probably more <laughs> of just an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, dude, I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. It'd be one thing, like, you know hauling it down over 4g or something but but um but yeah i did create um my instagram account i posted one of my pixel art pictures of my cat on there yeah it looked really good i thought that was a good choice and uh good for you yeah man and it's a fun little community i've i'm finding like more and more i'm really enjoying interacting with people on twitter and on instagram like facebook's kind of just been like dying to me a little bit so um, yeah, I almost never get on Facebook. Twitter, I actually um, pay attention to our Twitter like way more than anything else as far as social I, media I've been goes. doing that too, yeah. I check I check like my personal Twitter like maybe like once a day or every other day and then the Game Devs Quest Twitter, I'm like 10 times a day. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, dude, same here. Uh, yeah, it'll be cool. I kind of like wrote off Instagram a little bit like because I never take pictures of anything I don't really know why I just don't Um, but now that I'm doing like pixel art stuff and that sort of thing and getting into game development just use that as kind of a platform for my art I guess yeah so you can post like little videos and stuff on there like um, I don't think you can do like gifts or whatever like on Twitter very easily but but yeah it's fun you know and Maybe someday you'll be like walking through the library and like see something interesting and just like snap a picture of it and post it up on Instagram. And it's like <laughs> a fun little, like, I don't know, you know, I ended up really liking Instagram probably the most, like when the first time I traveled and I was like taking pictures of things. Cause there was just like so much like, and I, I'm a very like visually minded person, but I'm not like, I've never been very good at drawing or anything like that. But like, snapping a picture of like something I see and like capturing it in such a way like capturing like what I see so that people can see like the the cool thing that I'm seeing is like exciting you know like I don't know being able to just like frame something sort of like mundane or whatever in such a way that I'm like oh yes like I don't know that kind of sounds stupid but (laughs) no dude I get it I whenever we've traveled that like when I actually do take pictures is when we're traveling so yeah. I totally get that. And I assume when we go to Japan, dude, I'm just going to be snapping them like crazy. Yeah, for sure. It was funny. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, no. Alia the other day was like talking about how excited she was that we'd be traveling with you guys. Be- like one of the reasons was because you guys could take pictures of me and her together. <laughs> <laughs> most of the time when we've traveled it's just been me and her i mean we've like when we went to europe we saw kurt and we saw yana 
but like the rest of the time like when we were in fiji it was just me and her so like there's so many pictures where it's either just like landscape or like just her or just me like yeah otherwise you ask people to take a picture of you you know so what's what's funny is like that became such a point of like conversation for like that very like that thing like people taking pictures like my sister-in-law went out for christmas and she bought us this like mini tripod that comes with like a remote that works on this app so you set up the tripod and then you have a remote and it's like you can take the picture of you guys like you know (laughs) that makes sense (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. it's like a little remote activator for your camera on your phone (laughs) i thought that was hilarious (laughs) that's pretty cool but uh but yeah man i'll take i'll take pictures of you guys Uh, all right thanks well well we're gonna start working out so we can look hot dog so so you can look like a hot dog or what? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, when I, when I'm like kind of joking, I start talking in kind of like bro voice. So I I just said dog. So, so we can be looking hot, comma, dog. (laughs) Freaking A, man. That was awesome. (laughs) Oh jeez! All right. Yeah. Anyways, good springboard there. Um, so tell me about your week, Rhett. I know you said you were pretty busy. How did uh, like the realm of game dev go for you this week? Not well. Um, I did, honestly didn't probably didn't really get much done in that regard. Um, was thinking about it a lot. Worked on some music. Obviously, did some pixel art and stuff like that. Um, but like, did we even work together like once this week? Maybe like Sunday um, or something or Monday. One of the days we did get together. Well, we also got together last night, but we, I think we got together like on Monday and we were both like really exhausted and I just like did some pixel art and you like watched me. <laughs> oh yeah, I did. We I had did a, that. yeah. We had a Twitch stream up, but like only had like couple people in the room and like i just think we were both exhausted and probably not that interesting to listen to this week has been just like super killer for that um i did manage to um kind of like i mentioned it like last week or the week before i did get my uh c-sharp player's guide so i've been like taking that with me uh on the road and stuff like when i'm working and when i got downtime like thumbing through it and um, and it's actually really great, dude. There's like so much information that is just like straight from his tutorial on online. So I really do encourage people to go check out that tutorial. Um, I mean, I'm really glad I brought the book cause it's like portable and everything. It's like, I could just read the tutorial on my phone, but my phone sucks and I like books. So suck it. Well, the good um, thing is too, about the book at the, <clears throat> at the end of the sections he has, I mean, he does this on his, uh, tutorials as well, but I don't, think it's as regularly but like on every chapter i think he has some form of review and like kind of quiz questions which i Mm -hmm. found really helpful um and he does have more information in the book than he does on the tutorials the tutorials are kind of clear or like condensed versions basically um so (laughs) god (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so today we're today's the first day that we're, we're we're using webcams while we um are recording our podcast and i was just sitting in like this 
I guess it was a weird po- like pose. And so then Rhett just sat there like mimicking me for like, I don't know how long. <laughs> like 10 seconds maybe. It wasn't uh, that long. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Like we're used to going off of verbal cues. And uh, I noticed like especially early episodes, you hear us kind of affirming each other a lot. Like, yeah, uh-huh. Oh, right. Uh-huh. That kind of stuff. But when you actually listen to it, it's kind of detracting, I feel like, from the overall quality of the the episode. So this is kind of interesting. Rhett's making fun of me right now by bobbing his head, like nodding along with me. But at least he doesn't have to say anything, right? <laughs> uh, so this will um, be interesting. Yeah. I've, so far, so good. Um, but yeah, this week, man, just like work took off. Uh, there's been like a management shift at that place I've been working part time, and I might be pulling some more hours there, like during the week, which is good and bad. Like, I mean, it's it's really not that bad. It's actually pretty good. Um, but it, it it just means uh, more work in that regard. And then there's some like casework came up. Actually, I don't know if we've talked about that on the podcast. I'll edit that out. <laughs> but uh, but you know, other stuff came up for my business and stuff like that. And so I've just been pulling like really long days coming home really tired. Um, this week also, um, I got, I'm not sure if I can really talk about this at this point, but I will, because when this episode comes out, if it does come out later, it should be, but I got offered the job and, uh, for the theater this summer to play the drum set instead of uh, percussion, which is kind of like, <clears throat> I don't know, kind of a promotion for me, I guess. That's cool. Um, I'm like really nervous about it because <laughs> I haven't played drum set in like so long. So like I got out my sticks and like practice pad the other day, started like really hammering out rudiments and, and just doing some eight on a hand and yeah, dude, uh, accent you know, taps, accent taps. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and playing with a metronome a lot more. So we'll see. Uh, I'm going to go, I got a kit set up next door. But uh, I haven't worked up the courage to go bang on it like while people are home and stuff. So, <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty nervous, but I'm also really excited because I know I'm a way better drummer than I am percussionist. Like, I mean, I've been literally faking my way through on percussion for the last couple years, and I've learned a lot. And I'm like way better at reading music than I ever was. But uh, I'm just <laughs> that was never me. And you know. <laughs> I don't know how I got that gig, but I did, <laughs> and I hung on to it for dear yeah, life. <laughs> so. I'm sure it was great, and I, I mean, I feel the same way. Like if I were offered some position like that to play drum set, like I haven't played in probably three years, which is crazy because drumming was such a like huge part of my life up until that point, you know? Yeah. Um. So good luck, man. I think you'll do good. You just got to get back in the swing of it. Yeah, I hope so. I was watching videos of like other drummers doing some of the more popular songs, and I'm watching it. I'm like, okay, I can do that. But yeah, dude, you're not gonna be like playing speed metal or anything where you gotta be like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) worse, dude. It's jazz. It's gonna be hard. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Jazz is pretty difficult too. We'll see. I'm. I'm, I am really excited for the opportunity. Like mostly because it kind of makes me a little bit more indispensable in the sense that it's like, I'll be able to prove that I can do two things. Like, whereas before 
people thought I could only do one, you know? And that's like the weird thing is you show up and everybody, like you're kind of pigeonholed into like what you're doing and nobody thinks that you do other stuff. And I make the same mistake. Like you show up and everybody, like, I remember the first year I did it, everyone's like, so who's your favorite percussionist? And I was like, what? (laughs) I was like, I have a favorite drummer. And they're like, well, but you're a percussionist. Like, who's your favorite? And I ended up like coming up with some like, answer about i can't remember the guy's name but elton john's percussionist dude that guy's a badass uh (laughs) it's like something rogers or something i don't know uh but anyway um but you know you say that i you have a favorite drummer and they're like that doesn't make any sense you're a percussionist well right you're a professional you know yeah i guess (laughs) so (laughs) this is what you were aspiring aspiring to be your whole life was a professional percussionist so obviously you would have a favorite like professional (laughs) percussionist (laughs) i know i was just like Uh, i didn't know like that there was like a distinction really between like percussionists and drummers in general but like now that i know like there clearly is like not every drummer can fucking play bells or dude yeah i i can't play the xylophone or anything like that right but um, well, that's awesome. But man. I that did the same thing. People play trombone, and then I remember like one guy like picks up a guitar and like played it really well. I was like, "Oh, you can play guitar too?" And he's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Oh, shit! You play lots of instruments. I get it. I get it now." So <laughs> <laughs> nice. Man. Anyway, cool. Well, congrats. Um, yeah. Uh, anything else from your week you want to emphasize? No. Let's hear about your week, man. We were talking a little bit about that, uh, that like seminar class thing. It's interesting yeah. hearing more about that. Um, when yeah, we I, get to it. I know. I have, I have a little bit to talk about. Uh, my week wasn't too crazy. I mean, just work as usual. Um, I tried to do game development stuff every day, and I succeeded to to some extent. Um. Uh, I was talking, I was talking to a friend about just like how much time I've been spending on game development. <laughs> wow, Red is looking into my soul right now. <laughs> uh, I was talking to a friend about how much time I spent on game development, and I actually couldn't answer the question. Um, and also last week, um, I went up to Salem for International Tabletop Day. Uh, which is like an hour drive for me to, to go up there, meet Rhett and his brother and another guy. Um, and on my way there and back, I listened to like four or five episodes of the Gamkito podcast. Um, and one of them was talking about um, like how to be successful as a game developer. And they said basically like if you're doing it full time, you should be putting at least like 40 hours a week into it. But if you already have a job, uh, <laughs> hey, dude. dude, I just like, I, don't I couldn't stop smiling. Like I don't know why. You just love. You just feel like you're gleaning so much information from me. Like I don't. What, or you just love seeing my face. I don't know. Well, I was looking at myself, and it looked in my picture like I was asleep, kind of, even though my eyes are open. <laughs> Couldn't stop laughing. Well, dude, your eyes are like barely open though. They are open though. Like it's just the angle. Like you just you just angled your face up, and it made no difference. (laughs) I think you're just tired, dude. Yeah, all I can see is your eyelashes. (laughs) I can see things. Jeez, I swear. Uh, It just looks. (laughs) 
God, Rhett can't handle one new thing introduced to our like workflow. <laughs> Please continue. Uh, all right. Anyways, I was saying they were talking about ways like how much time you should be spending on game development in order to be a successful game developer. So like if you uh, do it full time, you should be putting in full time hours like, you know, thir- anywhere from like 30 to 50 hours a week or more. You know, which I don't have that kind of time because I work full time. But they were saying, like, if you um, work full time and you're doing it part time, like, you got to get 10 hours a week in. And I was like, 10 hours a week? That sounds like so much time, you know? Um, and so this week I actually installed an app on my phone. It's just called Work Log. And you just, like, punch in and punch out. And so I've been every time I've been working on game development stuff, I've been punching in and out. And I just realized I forgot to punch in for our podcast. But maybe I won't count the podcast. I don't know. Anyways, it's really good to be able to like quantify this. Um, so far this week, starting on Monday, I've put in 7.82 hours into game development. Just pretty good, nice, bro. I mean, by the time Sunday rolls around, I will. God, Rhett, freaking A. <laughs> uh, by the time Sunday rolls around, I will have hopefully hit 10 hours. So it's good to be able to see. Nice, dude. That's... Yeah, honestly, dude, think about throughout our history, like how much being able to like quantify how much work you put into something like makes you feel good. Like I remember when X-Fire was like a thing. Yeah. And being able to like log how much time you spent playing a video game was like, it just made you want to play it more. You're I like, know. I gotta dude. get those hours up. <laughs> I know. Isn't that funny? It's like kind of like bragging rights, or like I don't know. Shows yeah. you, shows your experience. It's weird how it works that way. Because I mean, I'm like that. Even on like Steam, you know, it's like <laughs> if I feel like I've put a lot of time into a game, but then I look at it, and it's like you have 12 hours. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. I gotta play more. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and also, like, you buy a game and you want to get the best bang for your buck, so you want to put the hours in. Um, right. You know? But, anyway, so I... I could, like, log everything. Like Sorry, what did you time. say? No, I was just saying, like, I could see, like, a benefit to, like, logging a lot of stuff, like, especially if you want to be productive and, like, managing your time well. Like, mm-hmm. logging, like, reading time, logging, like... uh any type of like work time on projects and stuff like i don't know i might look into that app i'd recommend it um the app is really create multiple logs Uh, i'm not really sure um i i didn't do anything other than punch in and punch out and then you can view your shift um but i recommend it like i noticed when i punched in i was like all right game dev like i gotta do game dev you know like no distractions like i'm plugging in and i was more focused it was cool um, and also like, it makes me feel like I'm accomplishing something, you know, sometimes you work on something and you struggle and all you can think about is that you're struggling. But if you actually realize that you spent, you know, an hour or two struggling through and learning something, um, makes you feel better about it. So I'm going to keep doing this and I'm, you know, going to, going to see how, how it goes. Hopefully I'll Word. be able to hit that 10 hours a week and, and feel better about myself, I guess. <laughs> Word. Uh, so that was good. Um, what else? Um, yeah, this week I spent quite a while on pixel art just for our 
game jam from last week. Um, just trying to finish up the minute by minute um, of the iceberg, like states of the iceberg. Um, so I worked on sh- basically shrinking the iceberg down. Um, and we ended up, we started out saying it was going to be 10 minutes long, but just with the way, like the flow of how I had drawn the iceberg, it made sense to like extend it. So I, I'm on, I finished 13 minutes. I have, I think two more to go. And the iceberg is like, dis- basically dissolving at this point. Like there's not much of it left. Um, and eventually it'll just be gone by frame 15, I think, or pretty close to gone. Um, so that was good. I also, um, I don't know how much we talked about this last week, but one of the biggest struggles we had during the game gen was, was figuring out Unity animations. And uh, I was able to find a resource to kind of help me out. There was a live stream that Unity had about uh, character management, like 2D character management. And I kind of sifted through that and found some good information about how the animator works. Um, we had forgotten a couple things. We didn't realize how transitions worked. Uh, we didn't use parameters. Um, and then our script was like way off. Like this, the final script, I showed Rhett this last night. The final script that I ended up writing was only like 15 lines of code. Um, right. Whereas before we were like trying to basically rewrite everything ourselves. Mostly uh, Anthony. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... Um, it was pretty a simple script, but once I figured out what, what a parameter does, basically like in Unity, like you create these different states, like like animation states, and you can tie an animation to a particular state. So like for instance, if you had like a, a 2D character who was idle, you would be playing that idle animation as like the default state. But then when a player like decides to run one way or the other, um, then you would transition from the idle state to the running state, which plays a different animation. But there has to be something that triggers that. Um, And so you basically, like, in the animator window, you have these little kind of, like, states. It looks like a hierarchy, and you'd, like, drag a transition from one to the other. And then if you click on the transition itself, there are settings inside of that that you can tweak. And there's one that's... um, Oh, what did they call it? Uh, condition, I think, where you can um, tie, you can kind of like tell it when to do that transition. So for us, we created a time parameter that's an integer. And then as soon as that integer hits like, I don't know, 60 seconds or whatever, then it fires off the transition to go from minute one to minute two. And then it plays a different animation. Um, so I worked that out. It was kind of tricky at first, but now that I've done it and I like see how simple it is, I'm I feel like it wasn't that bad. <laughs> Even though we struggled through it for so long, you know. So that was cool. I, I feel pretty confident. Like I kind of feel like um <clears throat> if we were to, to go do another game jam or even just play play around in Unity, we could make like some sort of 2D side scroller and have like a character that actually you can control and it actually does like a run animation or something um, based off cool. of what we got out of the, uh, out of what I found out here. So, um, so yeah, I spent a, a decent amount of time on that. 
um, happy with the progress we made there. Um, so I'm hoping that, that this week or, or at least maybe by the next time we record an episode, uh, we can have our game jam of the iceberg done. Um, oh yeah. So that's a big we one. We gotta do our part to save the world. You know it, man. Um, other thing that I did this week was, um, I discovered this other podcast on Twitter. They posted just a hashtag game dev post about them releasing a new episode. Um, <laughs> dude, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what is wrong with you, but you like can't get away from like trying to distract me. <laughs> dude, because <laughs> I love just doing it when you're not looking. And then you look over and I can just like see it on your face. And you're like, hey, what? <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, it's fine. I'll stop. It's fine, Rhett. No. Okay, it's fine. Corporate salary man Rhett is here now. Okay. Please continue, <laughs> Mr. Bukite. <laughs> that doesn't make it any better. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Anyways, uh, so I discovered this podcast called Sound Bites. Um, they're a pretty small podcast so far. They do one episode a month and they started in like November, I think of last year. Um, and the idea basically is that it's a podcast about sound design in game development. Um, and there are two young guys, uh, that don't, one guy just got his first job out of college as a sound designer. He lives in the UK somewhere. And then the other guy lives in uh, New England somewhere, and I don't think he does sound design professionally. But uh, I feel like I got a lot just from listening to it. Like them being kind of new to podcasting, it really made me kind of reflect on things that I do podcasting. Um, and so I feel like it was beneficial to listen to because um, their earlier episodes. I don't want to say I don't want to like trash on their podcast because I really did like it, but you could tell kind of like us, like the earlier episodes weren't quite as refined. Um, so that was kind of good, just hearing another another person doing something, kind of like how I, you know, did it in the first couple episodes. I mean, I still probably do it all the time, but uh, and being able to kind of analyze them and take take things from it. Um, so that was cool. They also, it's cool hearing the sound perspective. Um, one of the episodes they did was like one of the coolest podcast episodes I've ever listened to where um, one of the hosts was at GDC and the other guy uh, didn't go. And so that month's episode was him kind of walking you through like how he does field recording. And so he like went outside and like, talked about his mics that he uses like the mic configurations he would use like his tripods and stuff and then he like records the sound of a running stream and stuff and he just gives tips and pointers and uh just a really unique episode i really liked it i think it was episode four of sound bites so definitely check the podcast out it's pretty cool um another thing that i got out of that is like the guy that did go to GDC, that was his second time going. And he talks about GDC as if it's like 
just the most life-changing thing you could ever do as a game developer. And uh, they have some cool tips about like how to prepare for it, like what to expect, um, that kind of thing. And man, like I really want to go to GDC now, like next year, because it happened in 2017. It's once a year in San Francisco. But next year, I think it'd be cool, assuming we're still doing this, to uh, <clears throat> to go to GDC. I think it'd be really awesome. Um, everything okay? Someone breaking into your house? Be right back. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I could keep talking. Um. If you're not familiar with uh, Game Developers Conference, uh, we've been talking about videos they've been posting on their YouTube channel for, I mean, Rhett for a while there was talking about it every episode. Um, so check out those videos. Um, they have some really good talks um, and they put up, I think, all of their talks on YouTube. Uh, if if not all, quite a few. Um, so just YouTube uh, GDC or Game Developers Conference, and you'll get like a wealth of knowledge there. Uh, but the way this guy talks, it's like the Game Developers Conference itself, like the the talks are awesome. But what makes it so like special, I guess, is the community that uh, that's kind of like built around the the whole the whole thing, and. Uh, like, there's just so many networking opportunities. I mean, you have, like, giant AAA developers, uh, you know, giving talks. You have, like, you know, people who make the engines we use every day, like Unity people and uh, Unreal Engine people there. And then you also have these people that are just, like, you know, two, three, three people teams there, people who have no experience. Um and everybody, it sounds like, is just really welcoming and, like, wants to be your friend and, uh, you know, share what they're doing with you. So it just sounds like a really cool, uh, cool event. And I think it'd be really beneficial to kind of, like, put that on our calendar and and see if we can get to it. <clears throat> so something I really want to uh, investigate. Uh, Rhett and I were talking a little bit yesterday about just, like, building a community and networking and how it's kind of hard to do that um, with where we're at. I mean, we're doing, uh, we're getting our name out there and stuff. Like we, we have close to 200 Twitter followers, um, but it's just, it's not as personable or personal, I guess. Um, and it's, uh, you know, I, if we went to GDC, I feel like it would be a springboard for us to actually network and meet people and all that kind of stuff. So I think it'd be pretty cool. I'd love to go. Yeah. And honestly, I'd love to go check out some like more uh, local ones. You know, like it's not exactly the same thing, but I think the one I was talking about yes last night. Uh, it's like a God. I wish I could remember what it's called, but it's basically like retro games con or something like that and it's up in portland and like these kind of new like uh, you know like retro games developers are like all going and like showing off their games and and um 
you know, it's basically like any other convention or whatever, where there's people with booths and they've got vendors and stuff, but, but that's up in Portland. And I know people who go to that and say they have a blast every year. And I would love to go check out something that's, you know, local and, and that sort of thing, as well as like, <laughs> basically see how I'd feel about making the commitment to go all the way down to the Bay area and right. go to GDC. GDC apparently is kind of spendy too. I mean, it's San Francisco. It's going to be, I think the cheapest one I saw was like close to $300 for a pass. Um, You could get like extra access passes or something that went up all the way into the thousands. Well, you could create a business and make it a tax write-off. That's true. Yeah. That, That is a lot of money, but... I get if you play the game right, it's kind of. I mean, it's a business expense: networking, yeah. meeting new people, continuing education. For like, sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'd love to go to a local one or something too. That might be a, a good first step for us. So let's let's actually do some research and see if there's anything locally. I think that'd be pretty yeah. awesome. And I've said this before, dude, but you should hop on um, that website. Um, uh, from the guys who published that game, Starship uh, Rubicon. They're called CheerfulGhost.com. And uh, it's fun, dude. It's just a small little community. There's really not, like, that many... I mean, there's probably, like, a couple dozen people who are, like, posting regularly and being involved in the conversations and stuff. But it's basically just kind of like a, a blog-style thing where people share stuff that they find interesting and people can comment on posts. And... Um, and these guys, they're going to these conventions and stuff all the time, which is where I've heard about them. Um, so I'd encourage you to do that, just to be surrounded by... I mean, they a guy who's on there created a game, and the website like published it. So like they're kind of game d- developers, you know? So yeah, that's cool. something to look at. Yeah, you for know, sure. And they're really nice people. I, I enjoy all the conversations on there. So Cool. Yeah, I'll take a look at that. Uh, we also talked more about the Discord channel through our uh, our Unity, Unity course. course. Yeah, on Unity, uh, Udemy. Um, and so I got I. You have to buy the course before you can get in their Discord channel, but I was amazed at how big that channel is. There's so many different things you can, like specific chats that you can get into. Um, so I think I'm gonna hop on there more often and see what it's like. You know, good good resource for help with things, or if you just want to chat about game development in general. So, cool. Um, also, shout out to this dude Henry on Reddit. Uh, we posted about getting a new episode out, and he seemed pretty stoked about it. So, just want to say thanks to this dude Henry. Hope you're enjoying it. Hope you make it this far. <laughs> um, all right. So, man, been talking a while, but uh. A little bit deeper on my week yesterday. Um, so I work for the library here in Eugene, um, and they put on these kind of like seminar type things, uh, just talks uh, that the public can go to for free. And uh, Are you going to do that while you're on the clock? No. <laughs> it, oh, I bummer. mean, maybe. I, I don't know. I've never tried that. It started at 6, and I was already off work by then. But uh, Oh, I see. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I went to this talk yesterday, um, and it was ba- the premise basically was monetizing your passions, which to me 
I was like, game development? Like, <laughs> how can I monetize my passion for game development, you know? And uh, so I went there, and it was kind of a small group. There was, like, probably 15 people. And uh, the woman who was leading it was just a really successful business person. Um, she's had her own business for, like, 30 years or something and um, was just there to kind of, like, give people direction and show them how they can start a business and give them pointers on you know, who their clientele should be and all that kind of stuff. So it was interesting. I I didn't feel like all that um, impacted by some of the things she had to say. Like it, it seemed more geared towards like your classical kind of business that wasn't all online. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So it wasn't like that inspiring, but what was a couple things that was cool that I found out and, and this may pertain to most everyone listening. Um, so the city of Eugene has some um, organizations that are supported by the government. Uh, one of them is called SCORE. And SCORE is funded by the government. They basically are just counseling for people who want to start a business. And I guess they have chapters all over the U.S. Um, and you can go... Uh, if your city has a score office, you can go in and talk to them. I think there's also like a hotline you can call um, for, you know, personal business counseling. And uh, on yeah. that note as well, like a lot of people don't um, realize too, like if you're down on your luck and let's say you got laid off your job or whatever, um, <clears throat> unemployment um, can actually cover you while you are starting your own business and the unemployment office um, that you'd have to go to anyways to like register for unemployment benefits can help you get all that stuff straightened out too. So, um, you know, supposedly things are looking up, but I, I've known a lot of people who've lost their jobs and all that sort of stuff. And uh, if you're looking for a change of pace and looking to actually like, you know, do something more than just like work for somebody else. Like you can use some of your unemployment benefits to start a business and they will coach you as well. That's cool. I didn't know that. Um, so yeah, that was kind of like, it felt empowering, you know, like knowing that I just have this network, uh, to be able to, um, talk to about starting a business if I ever get to that point, which I think I want to get to. Um, they also give me just some good information on starting a business, uh, which is cool. I'll have to look through that. But uh, some of the things I did get out of it was, I mean, this lady was actually pushing podcasting like crazy, which was kind of cool. Like she was saying, you know, the best way to sell your product is to reach as many people as you can. And she was like, you know, start a blog, get on social media, uh, appear as a guest on a podcast. I'm like, hey, well, <laughs> we're doing pretty good so far. Um, so it actually made me feel pretty good about where we are. Like this isn't a business per se, but um, like we haven't actually made it an official business or anything. But uh, like, I just feel like the groundwork is being laid, I guess. Well, and that's the thing is like, <clears throat> if you treat it, um, you know, it's like something like Mr. Petrick used to say in band all the time, like practice, like you want to play. I, I always apply that to other stuff as well. And it's like, even if this isn't a business, like 
treat it like it's a real professional thing. Like I, I want this to be something that I can literally like when I'm talking to professionals doing whatever, like, you know, I, this sounds stupid, but like I, I always, cause kind of like my, my idol is Pat Rothfuss. Uh, like I really just like look up to the guy and, uh, and if ever there's like a moment where I'm like trapped in the elevator with him, like, and he's like, so what do you do? I want to just be like, you know, I can say like, Hey, we'll go check out my, my podcast, uh, network or whatever. I think you'll find, uh, pretty much everything there is like top quality and, uh, you might find something you enjoy, you know, and then have him listen to it and he can tweet me and be like, yo bro, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. That sounds really stupid, but practice like you want to play, you know? So for sure, man. Um, and I think we are. So it, it was, it just felt pretty good to, um, to hear some of that kind of thing. She was kind of, I'm not like a pushy kind of person, so I don't think I would be a very good business person in general. Um, and she kind of had that vibe about her where it's like, you know, talk to 10 people a day and pitch your idea to them. I'm like, eh, I don't think I'm going to do that, you know, but since like, I feel like this market, like game development is just different than, you know, like if you owned a business on main street or whatever, you know? So, yeah, it is interesting because the more like different things that I get involved with, it's like the more I realize the similarities. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that's just happens to be my mindset. Um, I have the like very punk rock mindset as it is. And so for me, starting a business happened to be a lot like starting a band. Uh, for me, starting a podcast happened to be the same. And for me, getting into like this game dev thing and learning about this and trying to like do something with that has been the same as all that as well. Like, I mean, obviously they have uh, their own variations and their own variables and things like that. But for the most part, like the foundational aspects have been very similar, but I'm a very DIY person anyway. Um, so that could be it. And I don't sell a product on main street, so that could also be part of it. But, um, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. True. Could just be my mindset, but I think, I think that, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, so when I was in college, like during the summers, I worked for a golf course in our hometown and that was like one of my first like big introductions to owning a business and like that's kind of the the vibe i get for like what this one was talking about like it's a local business like you know most of like your good customers and stuff like you could say like oh jerry he's a he's a customer like he comes all the time to play golf or whatever you know like if jerry like jerry's voice in our golf course and how it's run probably matters than you know some other guy who's come and played the golf course once kind of a thing um and when i think about how like that would be run compared to like you know let's say let's say we make a game and we release it on like Google play or on steam or something. We may, we may have a lot of similarities to that. Um, you know, like maybe our customers that would like our game the most would be really vocal on, you know, social media or 
writing us reviews or something and and maybe their voice would be bigger but especially like like when you release a game on steam or google play like i hear chris delion say like there are 750 apps or games released on the app store every day it just feels different than oh okay we want to play golf in the willamette valley and there are five golf courses to choose from or whatever you know what i mean like it just seems different to me and it's all it's all online it's not nearly as personal like you won't have a face-to-face interaction with any of your clients and that's the that's the interesting part because you're totally right about that which is what i found out in the last couple years is that like that's why the most successful things that you see online are always niche products or services or things like that because that's the same exact thing as carving out real estate in real life well you want to play golf there's five courses in the Lamont valley flip a coin or roll a dice and pick it's kind of the same thing like if you can really narrow your focus and provide like a niche service to a niche person they're going to say well i want you know x service and oh okay there's only a dozen of that that i can find by doing a google search okay like there you go you've narrowed it down from 750 apps a day to 12 in the last two years you know right i don't know it's interesting it's true online is very different it really is and i don't want to say that it's not and i'm not trying to detract from what you're saying but um well i think there would be exciting similarities for for everything too you know yeah, but it, that's true. I could just carve out similarities like nonstop. <laughs> well, Taylor, you see, they're both businesses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyways, um, I think the the biggest thing that I got out of it was, or maybe not getting out of it, but the fact that I am like forcing myself. I, I honestly didn't want to go to that very much because I am a very introverted person. And like we did introductions around the room and she like put everyone on the spot. Like, you know, what is your goal? Like, do you own a business? Who's your clients? Like whatever. And I'm like sitting there like all like getting heavy anxiety, like, you know, but, uh, so the fact that like, I didn't know there'd be a test. I know. Seriously. I like, uh, my coworker, Jason came and he was like, uh, just not specific about anything. He's like, well, I'm a computer guy and, you know, maybe someday I'll have a business. And she was kind of like, okay, next. (laughs) Uh, But so, I don't know. But anyways, um, just like getting out there, starting to think about that kind of thing. Because I would love to work for myself. Like, in the grand scheme of things, like, if I could get away from just, doing the grind every single day i'd love to do that um and i know you have experience with that uh since you are a business owner uh and whatever but... sometimes it's really great and then other times weeks like this happen yeah i'm just like <laughs> i just like work 15 hours a day and i'm just like oh god <laughs> like what happened yeah um so anyways just getting out and and trying and all that kind of stuff I, I feel like is at least a good first step for me. So I do sort of believe that, um, and this doesn't apply to everything, so take it with a grain of salt, but I do believe that uh, that feeling out of your comfort zone 
uh, is sort of like a barometer for like, or a compass rather, you know, for going the right direction towards like growth. Um, now, obviously, like that doesn't mean that doesn't apply to everything. Like, don't put yourself in every uncomfortable position just because you think it'll help you grow. Like, uncomfortable positions sometimes are unsafe positions. So, like, you know, listener, please keep yourself safe. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, kind of like the thing, like the drumming thing, like I'm really uncomfortable with it, but it's like I know I'm capable of it. And part of me has like a little bit of imposter syndrome. I'm like, how how did I get here? But the truth of the matter is like I did sort of like earn it, you know, by working hard and, and proving myself to be punctual and reliable. And I think going to classes and going to things like this that make you uncomfortable, but it's obviously something that you're like partially interested in just to see. And even if all you got out of it was like, wow, I really disagree with this person's viewpoints on things like, you know, I don't like Tim Ferriss, but I read uh, I read a, a couple of his books. There's good information in it. And even if like all I got out of it was like, I'm never going to do a business like this guy, then that's still valuable information to know. So I don't know. I, I think you did a cool thing, man. And I, and I used to sit at the paper, the paper mill when I worked over there, just like working nights, like, and I would write lists of like skills and hobbies I have that I was like, that would be capable of being monetized in some way. So it's a valuable thing to hear. And just exposing yourself to, I think, different viewpoints is, uh, value valuable in and of itself so kudos to you for forcing yourself to do that yeah thanks man yeah i remember hearing some quote um it might have been out of a tim ferris book <laughs> to be honest uh about like when you feel comfortable like that's when you know it's time to make a change um and i think i think that's true like once 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 you get in the habit of being comfortable, you're not really experiencing any growth. And you're not so, pushing yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, of course, like everybody wants to be comfortable. Like, I feel like that's why we work so hard is we work, we work so hard to become more comfortable on a regular basis. But, right. you know, it's kind of like people who have, you know, a political belief or, you know, whatever, once they become comfortable with that belief, they're never going to challenge it and it will never change, which things change all the time. So who knows if that political belief is still relevant or it's not, you know, <laughs> <laughs> are we talking about the same political belief? Cause it's not. <laughs> oh man. So anyways, um, all right, let's switch gears. I talked a lot about my week. Um, Let's talk about International Tabletop Day. Oh, yeah. Red is um, the champion. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it felt good. <laughs> and honestly, I probably enjoyed winning more than I should. Uh, I, I've kind of become like one of these people that uh, is... I don't like seeing disappointment in people when they lose games. And like, I just enjoy playing games and like being with my friends. And it's like, obviously, I'd like to win. And sometimes I get frustrated, like especially when dice rolls and stuff don't go my way. But... but um, you know, so sometimes like what happens is I'll be playing tabletop games and I'll like sabotage myself just to see someone win who it might matter more to. Um, it sounds really stupid, but so for me to like, I don't know. I mean, I, I ended up winning, even though at one point I literally did try to like sabotage myself, like super hardcore. So it, it ended up feeling really good. Like, you know, just like getting that blackjack or like 
flipping over like four of a kind or whatever, you know, and yeah, um, for real. So I don't know. It was a lot of fun. We played Shogun, of course, which uh, keeping in our theme with uh, Japan lately. And Shogun is a lot like Risk. There's a lot of rules. You can see all about our posts on it on and stuff on on Twitter. But uh, it was fun. We played with my brother Jason and another guy uh, named Brian. And um, six and a half hours of gameplay, which was just like <laughs> insanity. But it didn't feel like that long to me, anyways. No, I. Uh... Well, so I drove up from Eugene, and I got there like around 1 or something, and I brought three board games, and I'm thinking, I mean, we've played Shogun several times, and each time they've been marathon games, but I was thinking, well, like, we didn't really know how to play Shogun that well, so maybe it was just because we were learning the rules and everything, and I'm like, we'll at least get to play another game after this, and then freaking like six hours later and we still don't even know who's gonna win (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh it was kind of i felt a little bit bad because so rhett and i like based basically like after the first turn his brother jason like took control of the board kind of like he was the clear um leader and like me and so each basically each turn at the end of the turn um around i guess of turns uh you count up your provinces that you have and you divide that by a number to figure out how much money you get and koku taylor i know koku technically like amount of rice that you can feed uh per person per year or something like that koku like represents like 30 something and a half bales of rice gotcha and bales equal like I don't know, dude. It's all in this book called uh, Masui's Story, dude. He, like, describes, like, what Koku are and, like, how many Rio, which is, like, monies, like, it is. Like, dude, it's so crazy. He, like, describes it. Nice. I can't find it. I bookmarked it so I could read it, but never mind. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, Jason Jason had uh, – everyone started off with four Koku per turn, and Jason got six that turn. And I think the other guy got like five or something. And me and Rhett went from four to three. And we were like, we looked at each other. We're like, Alliance? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and we did it. We did it one time. Go back on our Alliance. So at one point, uh, Brian got knocked out. Rhett like did these crazy moves and knocked out Brian. And then it was me and Rhett versus Jason. <laughs> the rest of the game. <laughs> well, dude, and he, but what's crazy is like, I mean, I had to. I spent like three turns not attacking, really. Yeah. To rebuild, because I literally kamikazed into Brian. Yeah. And I ended up knocking him out on accident. <laughs> uh, like I didn't mean to do that. I just was trying to kill myself, and I killed him. <laughs> and uh, and so, and then I spent I spent like three turns like rebuilding. But I guess Jason had to do the same thing, and he made a big mistake, I think, like, spreading too thin. Like, he got a lot of money, but then he didn't, like, reinforce enough. He spent a lot of money on Ronin and uh, basically bolstering up for, like, attacks and stuff. And he kind of, like, stonewalled himself, like, right into you at one point and, like, kind of fizzled out. And that's when... Yeah, that's when it turned. I was able to take advantage of it. And even my victory, dude, like, you went to the bathroom. I, like, negotiated, like, one last turn of alliance with you because I thought I could win. 
and I literally had full, only four moves I could make, which were the four moves I needed to win if I wanted to win the game, and they were suicide attacks. <laughs> like, literally, I attacked Jason across water, so he got first strike on me, and I didn't... And I won. Yeah. <laughs> like, that wasn't supposed to happen, <laughs> you know? So... I don't know. It's just yeah. crazy. I got like super lucky the whole time. Well, once we hit that point, like I had one of your guys kind of cornered and I thought that I could use um I could use all of my Koku to hire Ronin and uh <laughs> and then put them all like on one of those territories and then um just go all at your daimyo there. And I thought I could do it. And then if Jason, so like Jason had this one turn where he uh, like went for Rhett, but there's this uh, feature of the game where you can hire a ninja and you can assassinate like the general, <laughs> the daimyo uh, of, of an attacking army or any army, I guess. But uh, And that basically just disables them from being able to attack. And so Jason made like this crazy move and uh, was going to go for rhett's other open daimyo and rhett's like oh i have a ninja i'm gonna try and assassinate you and of course he does <laughs> and then because i was thinking oh dude if jason does that and knocks you off and then i go and get your other daimyo like you're out of the game so yeah. but i thought all right one more turn i'll let rhett do his thing and then i'm going for him but you had won before before that happened. Well, it's crazy that he let it happen because I only put an I only bid on the ninja because I thought he was going to bid, yeah. but I had more koku, so I thought like either he'll have to bid two or he'll waste his koku. Yeah. And and which I would have rather him like had bid two, wasted some koku. Right. Cuz I was putting like all of my koku at that point into fortifying yeah. my levies and stuff and yeah. uh and he didn't go for it, so I got the ninja, which was, I think, like his his mistake. Yeah. And he was like, "Well, I didn't want to waste money on the ninja because it didn't work the two times before." I was like, "What? <laughs> Whatever, dude. It's seventy five percent odds that you're gonna hit it." So. Yeah, there was a little like bit of bad luck in the in game there, too, because I said there was a little bit of bad luck in there too, because like the first time Brian attacked me, he attacked me at like one of my fortresses, and I was he could have stopped at any point though. He could have, true. But but I also did the same thing to Jason where I was just rolling hot and I decimated their attacking force and then after that they were like well I can't really do anything because that was like my entire army <laughs> you know that's yeah. the only reason I think that I was still even in the game was because I just rolled hot for those defenses otherwise I would have been two of my daimyo would have been knocked out and I would have had one well Jason attacked my fortress that was stacked uh with a smaller force and just like d totally destroyed it. He took out my, one of my daimyos and everything, dude. It was ridiculous. Yeah. But whatever. I mean, I attacked over water with like a small army <laughs> into a fortress, like that had Ronan on it and all this stuff. And yeah, I you managed won. to, so it, like know. everybody had their lucky rolls. Yeah, but... for sure. But yeah, anyways, um, that was really fun. I always love playing board games. Um, and you know, thinking about game development in general, like every time I play a board game and like learn different mechanics lately, especially I really think about the game design and what makes it balanced yeah. and what makes it fun. And so yeah. even just playing board games, I feel like is beneficial to, to learning game development. They are linked. Yeah, they are definitely linked. I mean, 
you look at uh, games like Morrowind, and it's literally more like the land of Elder Scrolls was Bethesda's uh, D&D campaign that they had made. And they're like, this would make a really good video game. So they programmed it into a video game. Like, yeah, that's the story of the Elder Scrolls. Um, and it translates like directly to pen and paper, like RPG mechanics and stuff like that. So it, it's all linked, man. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, um, I think that's about it for this week. Um, my challenge, I guess, for us, I'm not going to give you one necessarily, is let's finish our iceberg game this week. I'd really love to get that done so that we could get back to programming the C Sharp game. Um, and maybe, an, well, actually, maybe another challenge if we have time would be to just start back on our Udemy course. Okay. Because I'd like to get back into it. And like now that we're using Unity more, um, I really want to know more about it. Me too. So I think we should start making that an active goal. And uh, also uh, start planning another game jam. I know we kind of talked about doing one at the end of this month. I think that'd you be. Literally, just made three challenges. I know. Bro. I don't. I don't have any challenge except for I have three of them. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I accept them all, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But biggest one is let's try and finish the iceberg game this week, and uh, maybe watch one video from the Udemy course just to get back on it. Yeah. I have a group challenge for us as well. Okay. Um, I think it was you might have retweeted the thing about Angry Birds, the developers of Angry Birds. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a little image that showed kind of like the story of the company that made Angry Birds and how they had just like cranked out all these games as a development studio, three guys, and uh, they were pretty much out of money. This is like the story of Squaresoft, dude. They were like out of money, so they like put all of their eggs into one basket. Squaresoft did the same thing. They created a game called Final Fantasy. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> which obviously is still around and doing great. Um, and these guys did the same thing. They're out of money pretty much. And they're like, we need to make one game. But what these guys did is they buckled down and they did what any hardworking people really should do. And they sketched out a ton of ideas. And this is what anybody should do. Who's an artist in general. If you're a musician, if you're a writer, you should, if you're a comedian, you should be, opening up your Evernote app or your OneNote app, and you should be writing down essentially log lines or little taglines or ideas for everything that pops in your mind because you're thinking of ideas nonstop. And these guys challenge themselves to sketch out um, 10 ideas a day. And I don't know if that was like in their office or if that was a piece, um, but 10 ideas a day, like a piece is like, I think a really attainable goal, especially for just a little idea. You're not literally writing out every mechanic and every step of the way you're like here's an idea you roll this thing around or you have to move these pieces so it makes a shape or whatever you know um and as an artist i I think that's like a really good practice to get into and so i want to challenge us to do that i want to challenge us to sketch or write out um 10 game ideas a day and it sounds a lot but they can be literally one sentence uh, or a picture. That's fine too. 
Cool. I like it. I'll do my best. Maybe we could share them next week, too. No, Taylor. We don't share anything nah, on this podcast. No, nah, actually, let's keep them all to ourselves. <laughs> it sounds like a lot, but honestly, I, I think we can do it. And it'll be a good exercise to be training yourself to take notes like while you're on the bus and you're like, oh, shit, that's a good idea. Boom. Like, yeah, j- jot it down. Or you're doing whatever. Go back and write it down. Write down the ideas. It's the number one downfall of writers. It's the number one downfall of comedians who want to get into that. Like, they don't write down even like the lame ideas you know yeah that's important too is is write down everything even if the idea sucks yeah you know because it it could help you weed out what you don't want to do it could also turn into something cool so yeah great podcast this week um we kind of uh, meandered a lot around but uh we haven't really got a chance to talk to each other too much so uh, I'd like to thank everyone for uh, for tuning in and sticking with the podcast. Um, and I don't know, I might have done this last week, but uh, we haven't really asked this much in the past, but I'm going to ask it now. Um, if you guys are enjoying what you're listening, it means a lot to us if you would go onto your favorite uh, platform, wherever you're listening to us, and uh, rate and uh, review us. Uh, it really helps us uh, gain visibility in the community, and it's... Uh, important to podcasters i'm not gonna beg you to do it but if you're enjoying what you're hearing and you and you want other people to know about it rate and review maybe even subscribe if that's your if that's your thing uh we'd appreciate any any help you guys can give us on that front and uh of course you can always uh, join our conversations on twitter we're really active on twitter we're at game devs quest you can tweet me personally i'm at red is awesome that's r-e-t-t is awesome taylor is uh at taylor j bukite Good luck. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can you can probably see him uh, tagged there on at Game Devs Quest. Yeah, it's in our. And uh, as always, you can also email us at gdq at airpodcast.com. For sure. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Appreciate you all being there for us. Have a good week. Cue that music. Yeah.